Hey everybody, welcome to episode number 117. Jeff's in for this one. I'm going to kind of give you guys a rundown on what we got coming up for the spring as far as our, our properties go, food plots, kind of plans, and then rolling into next year. Getting into a lot of that stuff, shed hunting plans, all kinds of off-season fun. So let's get into it on 117. This is the Rich Hunter Outdoors podcast. You're back. I am. There's only been four episodes. (laughs) Not with a vengeance, I'm just back. (laughs) It's only been four episodes since you've been on. Is that all? End of campfire was, uh, end of the season campfire was 113. Yeah. We got to talk about all the fun we had this past year. Yeah. Tried to have. How I got, well, (laughs) dethroned. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You have to be on the throne at some point to be dethroned, right? (laughs) Well, I was there for the first few episodes. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So. Yeah. So anyway, we're like I said in the intro, we'll talk about some, what we got coming up. Because we're going to frost seed some clover this week. Hopefully. Hopefully supposed to come in today so mm-hmm. the plan is to frost seed that this week and you were talking about the plot already got some stuff greening up with this warmer weather yeah i've got uh clover coming back and actually the, <clears throat> excuse me actually the deer are starting to hit it i can go i ain't got cameras up but I can go up there and see where they're walking around and find some fresh clover where they dip the tops off of it so they know it's there oh yeah they're ready for some good green stuff and They've been working on it, and then, you know, I had that Milo planted out. We planted that Milo last season there, and uh, when we had this last go bout of snow, the deer really went in there and worked on them on that Milo. Did they? Yeah. Good. That's I don't remember if it was maybe Friday's episode. I think a guy was asking about some alternates for late season stuff, like aside from brassicas and beans course if you got the room to plant them but milo is another one that i've mentioned because you can grow it in small places because the deer won't eat it till it goes to seed mm-hmm. and then i mean as long as it holds they'll eat it all winter long they hammered the stuff what was left at the cabin they hammered it and Did i was they? wondering if they ever ended up eating much of yours because oh yeah i figured they would it just would be when they did it yeah yeah they did after snow come on and everything else was covered up right you know my milo stood and which milo will stand you know yeah they just walked through there and was eating on it and browsing on it. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's one thing about the Milo, too, is it will it stands through all that snow and the weather and stuff because mm-hmm. that's actually what a lot of those screening blends are made of is sorghum, right? different types of sorghum. So, yeah, it's really good for that. But I was wondering if they'd been in there and eaten it yet. Yeah, yeah, they've been eating. They Actually, over by the pond, they've been bedding it. Have they? Yeah. Well, it's well it was thicker there and yeah. had a more foxtail grew up in it you know mm-hmm. and stuff so which that foxtail yeah it looked kind of junky but uh the foxtail gave good cover for the deer and even this winter the rabbits and stuff i got rabbits all over the place i right bet now, so yeah and if anybody's listening and they want like what we're talking about it's on our youtube channel we did a couple of videos that we went through the food plot and everything and then you can kind of see what we're talking about even from this past year you can go all the way back and see when we started the food plot mm-hmm. with the first fry property vlog through the first year but then last year yeah we had some more grass and weed issues but like you said it 
didn't hurt that much. And then no. the, clo- the clover still looked really good, and the alfalfa and the chicory and all that. So, yeah, we'll get in there and frost seed some of that and make it look a lot better. Well, not a lot better, but it'll fill it out anyway. Yeah. Because yeah. it's going to be – how old's that plot now? Three years? Yeah, this is the third year. Third it. year? Yeah. Uh, I mean, they say a lot of times you can plant clover, and you don't really have to do – as long as you keep up with mowing it, you don't necessarily have to do a lot with – your soil, or even a ton of frost seeding as long as you're mowing it. And it'll live for four to five years anyway. Mm-hmm. But we like to try to stay ahead of the curve and do some frost seeding in the first years too. Well, then last year too, we, I mean, it looked amazing. You couldn't ask for a better looking clover plot mm-hmm. last spring. Then we hit that drought. Yeah. That hurt everything. It hurt everything. And then they was given rain and the clover was headed out, went to seed. I I was getting anxious and just wanted to get it mowed and spread that seed out and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so we went in there and mowed it, and we didn't get no rain. Yeah, lo and behold, it didn't rain. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so, yeah, it hurt that clover. It stunted it, and and uh, it took it a while to come back out of it, actually. Yeah. So to go in there. It still had some young stuff that yeah. was coming up, but, like, the majority of it, like you're saying, that, that we mowed, the tops off of was just, yeah, it stunted it and went dormant, really. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So now we'll go in there and frost seed it. Uh, there was a few holes that was in it, and you know mm-hmm. we'll frost seed it a little heavier right there and get those holes patched back in. And yeah, but yeah, I mean, I don't see that hurts anything to go in and frost seed every year. You keep new stuff coming up, and yep. So worst thing that's going to happen is that seed is just going to lay there, yeah, underneath everything and not get sunlight. You know, mm-hmm. and then if it if something happens and you got seed underneath of it, a lot of times it'll, it will still grow. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's why we like to do it, but we're going to do some of that. I've got some of that to do on several of our client properties for us seeding as well. And then I'm going to do some of it there at the cabin where I'm going to, where I would normally just wait and plant brassicas. I'm going to plant the clover. That way, if it does get dry in the fall again, I at least still have the clover, hopefully. Yeah. If it looks like it's going to be wet, I can always disc that under because that's a ton of nitrogen, which Nebraska's really like, mm-hmm. so they work well together. Mm-hmm. And then that'll at least if it is going to be really dry again, I'll still have some green stuff. So anywhere I'm going to put green stuff, I'll put the clover. But and if you don't know the frost seeding, it's some guys I think get a little bit confused by the verbiage of it, but essentially it's just broadcasting the clover while you're still getting frost because the what happens is the soil freezes and it thaws out and it works that seed down because yeah. clover seed doesn't have to be really a half inch deep is too deep. Right. So yep. you just get it on there, let the freezing and thawing do the work and then it comes up when it gets warm enough to germinate. So mm-hmm. that's the idea behind the frost seeding of it. But we got some of that to do this week. Shed hunting too. I'm going to try to get out. We got the Iowa show coming up um, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Those of you that are going to be there, stop by and see us. We'll be at booth A20. Jeff isn't going to make it this year, but me and Dad and Blake, I think, will be up there at that show. The following weekend, we'll be at the Illinois show. Um, got to figure out our booth numbers on that. I think they got changed. But anyway, that'll be that following Friday, Saturday, Sunday. We'll be up there for that one, too. So if you guys are looking for your own piece of ground to manage and hunt, Rodney Hawkins is a guy you need to talk to. He grew up hunting and fishing in southern Illinois, and he's now putting that love for the outdoors into selling recreational properties as a land specialist with Midwest Farm and Land. Midwest Farm and Land isn't your average real estate company. They do residential properties, but they also do a ton of recreational property sales as well. 
Rodney himself sold over $7 million worth of properties last year alone. They've got agents like him all over Illinois, so they're really a local company with a national reach. For more info on them, what might be available, or even getting your property listed if you're looking to get rid of one and maybe get into something else, you can contact Rodney directly at 618-925-3153, and he'll get you taken care of. He's also got his own company called RG Outdoors that currently has products from Radix Hunting, Cam Trail Cameras, Camo Dust, and he's adding new stuff all the time. So if you're interested in any of that, Go over to their Facebook page, RG Outdoors. Email them at rgoutdoors at yahoo.com. Or again, just call Rodney directly at 618-925-3153. In between there, I'm going to try to do some shed hunting. Are you? Yeah, it's getting that time. I've talked to a lot of guys that still say they've got a majority of the deer that haven't dropped yet, so I'm not getting too antsy about getting out there right now. And really, the reason for that is, especially like there at the cabin, if I can get two or three guys out there, we can comb 10 acres pretty good. Mm-hmm. And if we wait long enough, we can just do it once. Yep. You know, j- looking for sheds at least. Yep. So I'm going to wait till I think, honestly, by next week or if not in the following week, there should be, majority of them should be dropped probably. I uh, I went last Wednesday. Yeah. That real warm day we had. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me and, me and the Marley dog, we went out and we walked probably three miles and we didn't see a thing that's when you found your old stand right yeah that's when i found my old stand we were talking about that on the when we went over and did the up for discussion podcast oh really they were talking about how their old stands they used to make and stuff and i had mentioned that you guys talked about the using the tv towers with the uh, plywood on top and Mm -hmm. i said you had found your old one you're talking about just fixing it up for this year Mm -hmm. yeah 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 it i mean I had modified it, you know, I'd come up and used to, we'd just bolt a piece of plywood to the top of it and mm-hmm. uh, put a dog chain underneath of it with turnbuckles, you know, to tighten it up to the tree and there right. it was. Well, you know, weather and stuff and how that, it'd warp and mm-hmm. you know. so I had the bright idea. I got some two befores and I'd build a frame around it mm-hmm. and then had some, I don't know what you, the technical term was, but it'd be like a gable or something. You know, for added support, and boy, I painted them all up and stuff, and mm-hmm. put plywood on it with indoor outdoor carpeting. I mean, I was top notch. Oh yeah, and of course, high roller. It took took six of us to hoist it up into the tree, but you know, yeah, we got it up there, and, and instead of dog chain, I had a three eighths cable. You know, so wasn't mm-hmm. worried about that breaking. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it worked good. And Lord, I'd forgot all about that stand. I stumbled across there Wednesday, and there was the TV tire with the frameworks still good. Mm-hmm. It hadn't rotted or nothing. Yeah, the plywood was gone, but yeah, yeah, I'm sure everything's ate that. Yeah, <laughs> but it looked like it's in a pretty good spot too, from where you were talking about it. Yeah, it's right there, a real narrow pinch point, probably about forty yards wide, and I have access to it from the creek. Yeah, you know, I can walk down the bottom of the creek and then just climb up the creek bank right there to it. Which is as close to coming in underground as you can get. Pretty much. I mean, that's yeah. if you got creek access, that's pretty solid. Yeah, I mean, unless they're standing right on the creek bank and watching you walk under them. Yeah. You know, it, or you just happen to be going by a crossing while they're crossing it. Mm-hmm. Other than that, yeah. your wind stays down in there a lot of times or goes over the top of you. Mm-hmm. Your sound stays down in there. Obviously, they can't see you, like you said, unless they're standing on top of the creek bank. Yeah. It's pretty... It's and, hard to beat that for entry and exit. Right. And the creek's only, well, normal normal tide. It's only about 
six inches deep, you know. So. Right. You don't even have to have waders to get in. No. Yeah. No. Which, I mean, there's a lot of guys that, if you got a, even a deep creek, if you got a little canoe or something, mm-hmm. guys will throw those in there and get in, which, I mean, if you can do it, that's, again, it's, <laughs> it's a good way to get in and out. May yep. not always be worth it. <laughs> I've even seen guys with folding chairs on cables going across. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't. Well, that was a river. That well, that was the big river. Creek, a big creek. Big creek. Yeah, yeah. what well, we call a river here, but yeah, I wouldn't recommend that. No, that's. Well, I I wouldn't want to be suspended sixty feet up. Have there. you ever told that story? Have I on here? I don't know. At least described the setup. I don't remember you ever telling it on here. If you guys plant food plots and you don't know who Grandpa Ray Outdoors is, you need to look them up. They specialize in providing the best nutrition for white-tailed deer on your property, starting with the soil. They've got a full line of high-quality food plot seed and plant foods with over 14 different food plot blends to choose from. You won't have any trouble finding what you're looking for. They've got fall and spring blends, corn and beans, switchgrass, liquid fertilizer, soil test kits, you name it. When it comes to planting, they've got it. They're not just about selling their products, though. They were started in 2015. John, the owner, has been in the business since 1991. So with that knowledge that he's acquired, he's going to be able to answer any questions you have about what blends would be best for your specific property. That way you can achieve the best results possible. Like us, John and his team don't believe in a cookie-cutter approach to wildlife nutrition. They're going to treat you and your situation individually. We've used tons of their seed on client properties, on our own properties, and the results have always been as good, if not better, than advertised. That's why we partnered with them in the first place. If you want to, go to GrandpaRayOutdoors.com. Use the discount code RHOPODCAST. That's all lowercase, no space, and you get 5% off your entire order there. You guys need to go check them out if you care about getting the most bang for your buck when it comes to your food plots. If you have, it's been long enough ago now, no one will care. (laughs) So back in the day, whenever I worked for a big farm, well, uh, we handed the river, what we call the river, and anyways, uh, the, the employees was the only ones that could hunt that stretch of property. And all it was was just timber between the levee system and the mm-hmm. and the creek. Well, uh, Which worked out really well because the deer had to use it. Yes, <laughs> yes. And I know I'd mentioned before, you know, that's where we set up the, the management program where mm-hmm. if you kill a buck, you have to mount it. Yeah. And so that made everybody, you know, start passing all these small basket racks. And so we started getting some big deer. Yeah. Didn't take about four or five years. Everybody else noticed we was getting big deer. Mm-hmm. Well, one farmer on the other side of the r- river owned property, but the actual property, the way the property lines was, it come across on our side. So we had like 10 acres of timber. I don't even know if it was 10 acres, probably right. not even that much on our s- side of the creek. But, you know, still inside the levee. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, he had this guy that was leasing it from him. He was a seed salesman is what he was, so he probably wasn't even leasing it. But anyways, they'd worked out a deal, and he had permission to hunt his property. Well, he wanted to hunt on our side. He didn't want to hunt the other 40 acres of timber on the other side. He had to be on our side. Well, yeah. And so he'd come across our property, to get to it well the farm manager ran him off mm-hmm. told him that he couldn't come across our ground to get to it and he said well i gotta have access to it and i have a right to hunt it and he said well you can you can cross the creek and he said well it's too 
too deep? He said, I guess you swim. I don't know. <laughs> but you're not right. coming across Figure us. it out. Yeah, you know, figure it out. That's your access. And so, lo and behold, <laughs> I went down there. We was <laughs> hunting, and uh, we heard something, and we looked up and looked down the river. They had strung a cable across the river. Now, mind you, the river bank, it's about, I'm going to say it's a good 40 feet high above the water, if yeah. not more. Yeah. You know, and they had strung a cable from one tree <laughs> on one side, clear across the river bank to the other one, and it was taut. Mm-hmm. You know, it was a tight, tight cable. You could almost play banjo music on it. And so, anyways, and it was probably six feet up, you know, off the ground. Mm-hmm. And they had a, a some type of a trolley system, like pulleys with a hook, and they had a folding metal chair strapped to it. <laughs> and they would sit in that chair, and they would pull themselves across across the river. So they're about, I'm going to say, 45 feet up above the water. Yeah. In a folding metal chair on just one strap, you know, so they're free swinging, whatever, trying to carry their camera equipment because they was going to be self-videographers, you know, oh, yeah. and stuff. And, that's, and that was back when the camera equipment was big. Right. You know, you wasn't... It's not like what in, we got now. Yeah, you packing in actual TV cameras. Yeah. You know, and so uh, they was packing in those and their climbing stands and all this stuff and across the river on that thing. And I seen what they was doing. They'd tie their equipment to the bottom of the folding chair because they was doing hand over hand yeah. pulling themselves across. Right. Well, it's probably a hundred foot that they had to go from one side to the from other. From one side to the other. It's like holy cow. They are just intent on hunting this side. That's dedicated at the very yeah. least. Yes. And then they finally they did kill some deer in there. And the river was up one time, and we heard them in there hollering and stuff, and so we went and investigated, me and my buddy did. They killed a deer, a nice big, it's probably a 150, 155-inch deer, and they was trying to figure out how they was going to get it back across the river. And so we was talking to them, and, and I was like, well, how are you going to do it? And they had a bunch of cheesecloth and stuff, so they decided the best way was to cape it out quarter it up and take it across one one piece at a time on that folding chair heck with all that yes and i was like you know what i'm not going to stay here and watch this because something bad's about to happen yeah. likely and i don't want to be a witness so right we just left them to it but uh yeah last time i was down there that cable was still there with that folding chair i don't know if they still use it or not but i don't even know if they still hunt right if they even still hunt around here because i ain't been down there Good grief. That'd be 10 years at least. Yeah. So. Yeah, nowadays guys would just take their saddle and they'd hook up over it with their D-loop probably. Yeah, just yeah. Zoom, zip right across. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, it a metal was, folding chair. It was something. It wasn't quiet, I'll tell you that. <laughs> I'm sure it was. It's a wonder they ever killed anything. <laughs> I know. It probably scared them all over there on the way in. Yep. But, yeah, it was, it was just when you think you've seen it all. Mm-hmm. Something new. So. The things people will do for deer. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, don't get me I, wrong. I love hunting them. Yeah, but I'm not going to risk my life. No, I ain't not doing no. I'm not going to free fall 45 feet. Into, because I was in a metal chair hooked to a 
redneck trolley. <laughs> yeah. A redneck zip line. Yeah. No thanks. No. Ain't worth it. Uh, I can't swim, so there's double double jeopardy right there. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's fall Even if you hit the water, you're in bad shape. Yeah. If the fall didn't get me, well, I guess I'm going to drown. Uh-huh. No, I'm not. No, sorry. You can have all the deer you want. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> we've never done anything that dumb. Well, no. to hunt a year. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, no. I, I didn't know. I didn't think you'd ever told that on here, but oh, where the heck were we when we started all that? I don't know. As usual, we went off the rails for a little bit. Yeah, typical. Shed hunting. Were we talking about shed oh, hunting? Oh, yeah. Yeah. We was back on that because you went. Well, he's talking about my yeah. stand there next to the creek. Anyway, you went last Wednesday. You didn't find anything. No, I didn't find nothing. Actually, I seen uh, a couple young bucks still had both sides. However, my neighbor, I was walk, walking the Marley dog down the road the other night after work, and they come up on their side by side, and he said, hey, look in the back back and i looked back there and he'd found both sides to a basket rack eight mm-hmm. just down the road from me he said they's laying about 10 feet apart so yeah out uh by a wheat field so the off season is upon us and we all know that the path to success next season starts now to consistently harvest mature bucks you need to make the most of the upcoming months and to do that you need a solid plan that's where we can help if you guys want to improve your property to reach its full potential for wildlife, reach out to us about a consultation. We'll spend time getting to know your property and your goals for your deer herd and use that knowledge to develop a wildlife management plan that will help make the most out of the ground that you have. You can contact us through our website or social media to get started today. Which yeah. makes sense because right now that's where that's the, the food. That's the food. But that's, I mean, if you got food right now or if you can find where they're feeding at, that's where you're going to find sheds. Yeah. A bunch of them. Yeah. Or at least on the way to and on the way from that food. That and bedding areas. Always had good luck finding them in bedding areas. Or yep. bucks would get up and stretch and shake, you know, and mm-hmm. And usually when they'd shake like that, their horns, our antlers would fall off. So. The only set I ever found there at the cabin was like that. It was right by a cedar tree. Mm-hmm. And it, they were just laying... <laughs> Looked like he just stood up out of his bed and shook his head, and they both fell off. Yeah. And they were right there about, I don't know, five foot apart. Yeah. Which is, you know, the best way to find them. Mm-hmm. Other than, like, the shed buck, I found that one by itself and then spent another day looking for the other one never did find it. Which, right. it's hard knowing. Some of them will drop there at the same time, and other ones will drop one side, and they may hold on to the other one for quite a while after that. Yeah. Especially if they're moving at any rate of speed, and they drop one, and then they could be two properties over by the time they drop the other one. My niece told me that the other night there by the house she's seen a she says a big buck and she said he had one side. Mm-hmm. She called him an Elliot. Elliot. <laughs> yeah, off that. Oh yeah, off open season. Open season, that's what it was. Yeah. 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 But, yeah, some of them will hold that one side for a considerable amount of time afterwards. And I don't know why that is cuz I think they're supposed to drop when their testos- testosterone levels go down. Mm-hmm. So I don't know why they hold one side or the other longer, but Anyway, some of them do. So it's not like just because you find one side, you're going to find the other side, but it is worth looking. Yeah. Most of the time they should drop somewhat close, but yeah. you got any uh, tips for finding them over the years, tricks that you found? Not really. I mean, just like a said, bedding areas, bedding areas and feeding areas. And if you can find their travel court, you know, travel corridor between the two. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, and that's the thing. If you can a lot find, of fence crossings. I like where they cross fences or creeks where they have to jump yeah and you know that sudden shock will usually break them loose mm-hmm. although one time i did find one in a creek crossing there uh, by where i killed that doe years ago 
and the the shed was actually the main beam was jabbed into the creek bank about six inches. Yeah, I guess he stumbled and shoved <laughs> his head in there. And he had to take his antler off to get away. <laughs> well, you got to sometimes you got to just cut stuff off to get out of there. That's right. But you know, it's it is a nice eight point. Yeah. Oh well, it's a four point. Shed, right. But you know what I mean. Yep. Yeah. That. Well, you're just talking about the food and the bedding too, and if you could find one, if you could find trails going away from food, or if you could find trails going away from the bedding, you can usually figure out where they're bedding from the food or where they're feeding from the bed. And then, like you said, along those routes. Because mm-hmm. a lot of times this time of year, it's not as random as it is in even October, especially not November. But they're bedding in pretty much the same area, and they're feeding in pretty much the same area, and they're using the same route to get to and from. Mm-hmm. They don't have any hunting pressure that's pushing them off of it. And if you find a— They're conserving energy. If you find a travel route with a lot of uh, rubs on it, mm-hmm. well, that you'll usually find— uh, if there's buck in that area, which there usually is, right, you'll find some sheds along that uh, path too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so those are good areas to at least start looking. There's going to be some in random spots. Of course, you always right. find some in like waterways too, where they come in and out. That's a lot of times where you'll find them coming in and out of fields because they're lower spots, so mm-hmm. they like to come up into the field. But sometimes there'll be random ones out in a CRP or something. If you burn them, you'll find them. Uh, I had a spot I. That are south of the house and is on a ridge, and there's nothing but cedar trees, and man, that thing produced sheds every year. Yeah, I'd go it, and I'd usually find more than I could pack out. Yeah, you know. Yep. But I'd always wait till about the second week of March. Mm-hmm. Just make sure that yep. they've pretty much all dropped. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of burning, are you doing any burning this year? Yeah, I'm gonna have to burn that off. Just gonna burn all of it except well, the clover. Whenever I get my tires on mm-hmm. well then i'm going to hook onto the bush hog i'm going to bush hog all that down yeah first because if not we'll have a <laughs> yeah i won't have no pine trees left, <laughs> right that yeah it's pretty tall i'm yeah. guessing yeah and it's tall and it's dry mm-hmm. so i'll bush hog that down so that way we can control it better we'll do some videos on that too and plus milo stalks i don't know if anybody's ever but you know milo stalks and corn stalks that are standing they don't burn worth crap no and so they don't get hot enough to no, burn up the stock. No, they'll just charcoal the outside of it. And then mm-hmm. you're left with a charcoal mess out there. Yep. So I'm going to bush hog that down at ground level. And then uh, when we're ready, we'll burn it off and let the ground dry out from underneath. And then we'll go in there and work it up. Mm-hmm. I'm going to, well, being over there in Jefferson County is different because they got burned. You got to have certain days where you can burn or stuff like that. So. I might do a little bit of burning over there. I think they're under a burn advisory today. Probably, with so. the wind, I'm guessing. Yeah. So, if I can line the days up right, I might do some of that over there, at least with that Milo I got, and then maybe where I'm going to try to put some new stuff. But I'm for sure going to bush hog it down and before I get it ready for next year. But Yeah, I didn't know if you'd plan on burning that this year. And then what's your plan going forwards for the planting season? Because that'll be here in before two months. I'm, before I'm ready. Right. Not even two. Well, I mean a little over a month month and a half six weeks i haven't really uh, man i really don't know i haven't really come up with exactly what i want to do i are you thinking milo again no because i'm gonna have i'm gonna have to rotate yeah and uh thinking beans again i'm thinking beans again and may save that one corner for either some grandpa ray's stuff there by the pond Mm -hmm. like we did before yeah uh may try that inner sanctum or mm-hmm. something right there 
Yeah, just give them because they don't have the clover in it, but it'll also give them that kale that mm-hmm. they tend. At least what we've seen, they really like it. So, or I may just go just go with uh, wheat. Yeah, you know, give them give them some something that'll stay green all winter long. Mm-hmm. Uh, my main project or whatever on the food plot this year, and I've been doing a lot of. I don't know if you call it research, but I've been looking online a lot. I'm trying to f- come up with something that I like for a screening. Mm-hmm. And I think I've stumbled across a product. I'm not going to name it, because, but I'm going to try it out this year, see how it works. Yeah. If it works like I want it to, well, then, you know. Right. We'll let you know. But I, And basically, that's going to take place in the planting the corn for the screening every year. Right. Yes. That's the idea. Yeah. Because it worked great the first year, but then last year didn't grow very good. No. And we didn't have much as much screening as we wanted. No. And so, anyways, yeah, I'm gonna go to that and try that this year. See how that works out. And that'll be your outside border. That'll be my outside border, along with the still that strip of switchgrass that's in yeah, there. Yeah, and I might plant some uh, strip of Sudan grass or Egyptian wheat inside of that. Mm-hmm. Just. I'm just trying, I'm basically going to try different screens and see what I like best. Yeah. I mean, they're all annuals. Every one of them you're going to have to plant every year. Mm-hmm. But I just want to see which one I like best and what one I want to stick with. Yeah. I I like the idea of the beans, too, because we can spray those and get control of the weeds again. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And, yeah, on the inside there, I'm I'm not going to mess with corn. Mm-hmm. Uh, corn. And then if we go back to Milo, put it on 15-inch rows. I think if we spray some pre-emergent, that would help too. But mm-hmm. even like just what I did the cabin there this year, really high population on 15-inch rows <clears throat> at the right time, mm-hmm. right timing where it's going to get the rain, it outcompeted most of it. Like, well, you saw it. It was pretty clean stand-up oh, yeah. Milo. So yeah. I think that's probably the way to go for deer especially. Yeah, and we're going, well, where I go plant that grass for screening, we're going to have, like, uh, recommend a certain pre-emergent to spray down. Yeah. See if we can't get some of that and mm-hmm. put that down before, you know, when we're planting and stuff. So. Right. But, yeah, I mean, basically that's it. And like I said, beans, try to put beans in there. They hit the beans hard last year, you know, the standing beans. And mm-hmm. you know, put beans in there for the deer and do a little bit of, of uh, weed control that way too. Yeah. And that is a situation where we can get away with, what is it? A half acre of beans. Yeah, Be- probably. Because there's so much ag directly adjacent to that plot, plus the clover. They don't hit them as hard. The rabbits were harder on them than the deer were when they were growing. Oh, goodness, yes. So <laughs> it's one of those special circumstances where we can get away with planting a smaller amount of beans, which is something, and there's a lot of browse in your woods. Yeah. That makes a big difference, too. Yeah. Between that, the ag all around it takes a lot of pressure off the beans through the growing season. And then they're there in the late season when they can eat them. Mm-hmm. So that's something like even I was talking about what I, that guy asked Friday. If you have a smaller space, you can still use beans if this, this, and this line up. So your natural browse is good if you have ag around you. Mm-hmm. If you've got a farmer that's planting 200 acres of beans right next to you, you might be able to get away with it. Right. You know. And then the next year if you plant, you stay on their rotation. If you want to plant corn or even milo, then obviously you're going to be able to do the milo. Yeah. Like we said, and then you can stay on their bean rotation and save your beans for, for the late season. Yeah. It tends to work out there at your plot that I'd, way. I'd like to get it, what my goal is, if I can get the screening 
working like I want it to. What I like to do is like one side of the plot have Milo one year and beans on the other side mm-hmm. that year, and then the next year flip flip them because you know the beans put nitrogen back in the ground. Yep. Milo takes nitrogen out. Milo and corn. Yep. Both takes nitrogen out, and so if we can if we can rotate back and forth like that, that's my goal mm-hmm. to get to. I don't know if I'll get to that point, but. Right. This year, the main focus is your screening, right? Right now, yeah, my main. Focus. Or figuring out at least what you, if this is going to work or not, and right. then if it doesn't, next year we try something different. Yeah. Well, I wish I'd done back years ago. I wish I'd just planted cedar trees all along through there. Yeah. But I'm not going to live long enough to see that work out. So. <laughs> right. <laughs> so. Yeah. I guess the grasses is my next option. Yeah. Which even if you have to plant it every year, it's going to be thick. You don't have to worry about stuff eating it. It's cheap. And it's yeah. You know, affordable. Yeah, you might have to. Well, yeah, I ain't gonna say cheap. Ain't nothing cheap anymore. But yeah, it's more affordable than than the corn. Yeah, if you're buying a full bag of corn, even one bag every year, mm-hmm. if you're getting good stuff, gets into the wallet a little bit. Yeah, and <laughs> then you're gonna have to put fertilizer down and all that stuff for corn every year if you plant yep. in the same place. Well, you need to put it down every year anyway. Nitrogen. And then spraying it, and then coming back in and fertilizing, following it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a lot more maintenance yeah. than an annual grass. Hey, everybody, I appreciate you tuning in for another episode. If you don't already, go over to Instagram and Facebook and give us a follow at Rich Hunter Outdoors. We also have a private Facebook group called Ridge Hunter Nation where you guys can have some input on the show. You can ask us questions. You can ask upcoming guests questions. You can tell us who you want us to have on and what you want us to talk about. And on top of all that, just use it as a regular hunting group. Share your stories, your success, pictures, your failures, whatever it is. That's all at Ridge Hunter Nation on Facebook. Our website is RidgeHunterOutdoors.com. That's where you're going to find more info on the consulting and management services that we provide. We also have... The podcast posted on the website with some other content as well. And we have our merchandise and our food plot seed. And if you find any of that stuff that you want, make sure you use the discount code RHOPOD. That's all caps, no space. And you get 10% off your entire order there. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or anywhere else that lets you do so, make sure you rate and review. That helps us and give us a follow there too. YouTube, our channel is Ridge Hunter Outdoors. You can subscribe to that, hit the notification bell so you know when everything comes out. The podcast will be posted there, as is our Fall Pursuit show, which we'll have more of coming up next season. You guys can go back and rewatch everything that we did this year. We had 10 episodes on that. We're hopefully going to do some turkey hunting this spring, and of course, we'll have all our off-season content on YouTube as well. So thanks to everybody who already does follow and subscribe. If you don't, make sure you go do that. Now let's get back to the episode. Because annual grass, if you can get in there and and get it planted on a good seed bed, it's hopefully going to outcompete the weeds. Even if it don't, you can spray it with 2,4-D as it's coming up, mm-hmm. and then you're good to go. Yeah, and we're you know we're going to get some go to or that pre-emergent like you were talking about, right? <laughs> and I'm going to go to the uh, redneck Walmart, real king, mm-hmm. and get some uh, get some fertilizer. Yeah, put down too. You know, where we're preparing the seed bed and stuff. Yep, kind of give it a little extra boost. So, yeah, I got to That reminds me, I got to check on some fertilizer stuff uh, from the other one of the other places in town there. Um, but that's something else that going to be considering coming up. Like if you've, especially if you've not done soil tests, getting them done now. If you need to do them, I got to do some of that this week because a lot of times, like I think the White Tail Institute ones that you send in, you tell them what blend you're going to put in. 
or like two weeks. So if you go to your local co-op, I don't know how long it takes them to get a seed test, a soil test back, but if you do it now, you still got time to put fertilizer down. Right. And a lot of times you can figure out what you're going to plant and they'll be able to recommend this amount of every NP or K Mm -hmm. for what you're going to plant. So that's something too, to be taken into consideration is getting your soil test done, getting your fertilizer ordered and getting it put down. And what's your preference from, and what did you guys used to do on the farm as far as fertilizing timing wise with your uh, tillage work? Did you like to do all your tillage work, then come back and fertilize over the top of it? Fertilize considerably before, then till after? Do you space them out, keep them close together, or just whenever it worked out? Well, what we would do is after harvest, if we could get in there after harvest. Uh, fertilize. We'd fertilize it then. Yeah. And let it leach into the ground, or, or hopefully we could work it into the ground. Mm-hmm. And then whenever we was, uh, whenever we'd like, per se, corn, where we'd go in there and plant corn, well, then we'd uh, come in, spray uh, liquid fertilizer over the top, mm-hmm. and and then later on for extra boost, we'd knife in that anhydrous. I right. wouldn't recommend knifing in anhydrous for food for plot. food plot. <laughs> but yeah, you might you might get some funny looks. I know. wouldn't be surprised if some people do it though. Yeah, um, you know. <laughs> they got the money. Yep, but yeah, and so and with the beans, it's basically the same thing. We'd put our fertilizer on in the fall. Mm-hmm. You know, lime and fertilizer and yeah. work it in. Yep. But you can still, you can put it down in the springtime. Yeah, you and, can put and it, work down it in. in it's just, and that's what I'm going to do. I'm, yeah. You know, we're, we got to get all that. It'll take it a little bit longer to, to uh, dissolve into the soil, basically, and work in and mix in. But, yeah. But we're going to, we got to get all that debris and stuff off of there, mm-hmm. you know, and work it up. I'll work it up a couple of times and I'll put some fertilizer on. Work it lightly. Yep. And then we'll do our planting. Yeah. So we got a plan going forward for that somewhat then. Mm-hmm. Yep. Which now's the time of year to do it. If you don't have an idea what you're doing, you need to have one. That way you're not wasting the next couple months. Because if, especially if you're doing, if you're private property, if you're working on food plots for killing your deer, now's the time. Like you need to be locked in the next couple of months because you could really screw yourself come October, oh, yeah. November if you don't do things right. Yeah. Coming up here in April, May, June. So, and we're getting close to that. March is this weekend. I know, I know. That's why I said <laughs> I am not even close to being ready. Yep. So getting there, <laughs> time to start getting it nailed down a little bit. You got anything else you want to talk about before we shut this one down? Did we miss anything? Not really. I mean, waiting for some deer stands to come in mm-hmm. we're gonna throw up i want to get some ladder stands i want to get them up this spring yeah i don't like setting ladder stands a week or two before hunting season no i want them up early so i don't mind to put them up in late august september but it's also hot yeah i love i want to do it now before the mosquitoes and and that. if you're another thing if you're carrying them in like a lot of us are around here through ag Yes. It's heck of a lot easier to do it now than when they're standing beans or standing corn. Yes. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, so, yeah, get those set up. I know where, where I want to put them at. And so. mm-hmm. Other than that, I mean, that's about it. I don't plan on putting no cameras up. I don't usually put cameras up till late August, so. Yep. It's been a little been a little slow here the last few weeks just because there's not been a ton to do, but it's getting ready to ramp up. Yeah. Getting ready to get busy again on preparing for next year, so. Everybody out there listening, make sure you're doing the same thing. Get out there and get your checklist made of stuff you need to get done and 
get after it. That's what we're going to try to do anyway. As long as the funds hold out. That's right. <laughs> Thanks for listening, guys. We'll uh, catch you again on Friday from the Iowa Deer Classic. I'll have an episode before that, and then we'll bring one to you Monday from the Deer Classic. See you.